Chapter One of Marvels of Modern Science. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Marvels of Modern Science by Paul Severing. Chapter One Flying Machines. Early Attempts at Flight. The Dirigible. Professor Langley's Experiment. The Wright Brothers. Count Zeppelin recent aeroplane records it is hard to determine when men first essayed the attempt to fly in myth legend and tradition we find allusions to aerial flight and from the very dawn of authentic history philosophers poets and writers have made allusion to the subject showing that the idea must have early taken root in the restless human heart aeschylus exclaims oh might i sit sublime in air where watery clouds the freezing snows prepare ariosto in his orlando furioso makes an english knight whom he names astolfo fly to the banks of the nile nowadays the authors are trying to make their heroes fly to the north pole some will have it that the ancient world had a civilization much higher than the modern and was more advanced in knowledge it is claimed that steam engines and electricity were common in egypt thousands of years ago and that literature science art and architecture flourished as never since certain it is that the pyramids were for a long time the most solid skyscrapers in the world perhaps after all our boasted progress is but a case of going back to first principles of history or rather tradition repeating itself the flying machine may not be as new as we think it is at any rate the conception of it is old enough in the thirteenth century roger bacon often called the father of philosophy maintained that the air could be navigated he suggested a hollow globe of copper to be filled with ethereal air or liquid fire but he never tried to put his suggestion into practice father vesson a missionary at canton in a letter dated september fifth sixteen ninety four mentions a balloon that ascended on the occasion of the coronation of the empress fo king in thirteen o six but he does not state where he got the information the balloon is the earliest form of air machine of which we have record in seventeen sixty seven a dr black of edinburgh suggested that a thin bladder could be made to ascend if filled with inflammable air the name then given to hydrogen gas in seventeen eighty two cavallo succeeded in sending up a soap bubble filled with such gas it was in the same year that the montgolfier brothers of annonay near lyon in france conceived the idea of using hot air for lifting things into the air they got this idea from watching the smoke curling up the chimney from the heat of the fire beneath in seventeen eighty three they constructed the first successful balloon of which we have any description it was in the form of a round ball one hundred and ten feet in circumference and with the frame weighed three hundred pounds it was filled with twenty two thousand cubic feet of vapor it rose to a height of six thousand feet and proceeded almost seven thousand feet when it gently descended france went wild over the exhibition the first to risk their lives in the air were monsieur pilatre de rosier and the marquis de arland who ascended over paris in a hot-air balloon in november seventeen eighty three 
they rose five hundred feet and travelled a distance of five miles in twenty-five minutes in the following december messrs charles and robert also frenchmen ascended ten thousand feet and travelled twenty-seven miles in two hours the first balloon ascension in great britain was made by an experimenter named teitler in seventeen eighty four a few months later lunardi sailed over london in eighteen sixty three three englishmen green mason and holland went from london to germany five hundred miles in eighteen hours the greatest balloon exhibition up to then indeed the greatest ever as it has never been surpassed was given by glacier and coxwell two englishmen near wolverhampton on september fifth eighteen sixty two they ascended to such an elevation that both lost the power of their limbs and had not coxwell opened the descending valve with his teeth they would have ascended higher and probably lost their lives in the rarefied atmosphere for there was no compressed oxygen then as now to inhale into their lungs the last reckoning of which they were capable before glacier lost consciousness showed an elevation of twenty nine thousand feet but it is supposed that they ascended eight thousand feet higher before coxwell was able to open the descending valve in nineteen o one in the city of berlin two germans rose to a height of thirty five thousand feet but the two englishmen of almost fifty years ago are still given credit for the highest ascent the largest balloon ever sent aloft was the giant of m nadar a frenchman which had a capacity of two hundred and fifteen thousand cubic feet and required for a covering twenty two thousand yards of silk it ascended from the champ de mar paris in eighteen fifty three with fifteen passengers all of whom came back safely the longest flight made in a balloon was that by count de laval one thousand one hundred and ninety three miles in nineteen o five a mammoth balloon was built in london by a e godron in nineteen o eight with three other aeronauts godron crossed the crystal palace to the belgian coast at ostend and then drifted over northern germany and was finally driven down by a snowstorm at mateki derevni in russia having travelled one thousand one hundred and seventeen miles in thirty-one and one-half hours the first attempt at constructing a dirigible balloon or airship was made by m giffard a frenchman in eighteen fifty two the bag was spindle-shaped and one hundred and forty-four feet from point to point though it could be steered without drifting the motor was too weak to propel it giffard had many imitations in the spindle-shaped envelope construction but it was a long time before any good results were obtained it was not until eighteen eighty four that m gaston tissandier constructed a dirigible in any way worthy of the name it was operated by a motor driven by a bichromate of soda battery the motor weighed one hundred and twenty one pounds the cells held liquid enough to work for two and one-half hours generating one and one-third horsepower the screw had two arms and was over nine feet in circumference tissandier made some successful flights the first dirigible balloon to return whence it started was known as la france this airship was also constructed in eighteen eighty four the designer was commander renard of the french marine corps assisted by captain krebs of the same service the length of the envelope was one hundred and seventy nine feet its diameter twenty seven and one half feet 
the screw was in front instead of behind as in all others previously constructed the motor which weighed two hundred and twenty and one-half pounds was driven by electricity and developed eight and one-half horsepower the propeller was twenty-four feet in diameter and only made forty-six revolutions to the minute this was the first time electricity was used as a motor force and mighty possibilities were conceived in nineteen o one a young brazilian santos dumont made a spectacular flight m deutsch a parisian millionaire offered a prize of twenty thousand dollars for the first dirigible that would fly from the parc d'erostat encircle the eiffel tower and return to the starting point within thirty minutes the distance of such flight being about nine miles dumont won the prize though he was some forty seconds over time the length of his dirigible on this occasion was one hundred and eight feet the diameter nineteen and one-half feet it had a four-cylinder petroleum motor weighing two hundred and sixteen pounds which generated twenty horsepower the screw was thirteen feet in diameter and made three hundred revolutions to the minute from this time onward great progress was made in the constructing of airships government officials and many others turned their attention to the work factories were put in operation in several countries of europe and by the year nineteen o five the dirigible had been fairly well established zeppelin parseval lebaudie bedouin and gross were crowding one another for honors all had given good results zeppelin especially had performed some remarkable feats with his machines in the construction of the dirigible balloon great care must be taken to build a strong as well as light framework and to suspend the car from it so that the weight will be equally distributed and above all so to contrive the gas contained that under no circumstances can it become tilted there is great danger in the event of tilting that some of the stays suspending the car may snap and the construction fall to pieces in the air in deciding upon the shape of a dirigible balloon the chief consideration is to secure an end surface which presents the least possible resistance to the air and also to secure stability and equilibrium of course the motor fuel and propellers are other considerations of vital importance the first experimenter on the size of wing surface necessary to sustain a man in the air calculated from the proportion of weight and wing surface in birds was carl mirvine of baden he calculated that a man weighing two hundred pounds would require one hundred and twenty eight square feet in seventeen eighty one he made a spindle-shaped apparatus presenting such a surface to the resistance of the air it was collapsible on the middle and here the operator was fastened and lay horizontally with his face towards the earth working the collapsible wings by means of a transverse rod it was not a success during the first half of the nineteenth century there were many experiments with wing surfaces none of which gave any promise in fact it was not until eighteen sixty five that any advance was made when francis wenham showed that the lifting power of a plane of great superficial area could be obtained by dividing the large plane into several parts arranged on tiers this may be regarded as the germ of the modern aeroplane the first glimmer of hope to filter through the darkness of experimentation until then when wenham's apparatus went against a strong wind it was only lifted up and thrown back however the idea gave thought to many others years afterwards 
in eighteen eighty five the brothers lilienthal in germany discovered the possibility of driving curved aeroplanes against the wind otto lilienthal held that it was necessary to begin with sailing flight and first of all that the art of balancing in the air must be learned by practical experiments he made several flights of the kind now known as gliding from a height of one hundred feet he glided a distance of seven hundred feet and found that he could deflect his flight from left to right by moving his legs which were hanging freely from the seat he attached a light motor weighing only ninety-six pounds and generating two and a half horsepower to sustain the weight he had to increase the size of his planes unfortunately this pioneer in modern aviation was killed in an experiment but he left much data behind which has helped others his was the first actual flyer which demonstrated the elementary laws governing real flight and blazed the way for the successful experiments of the present time his example made the gliding machine a continuous performance until real practical aerial flight was achieved as far back as eighteen ninety four maxime built a giant aeroplane but it was too cumbersome to be operated in america the wonderful work of professor langley of the smithsonian institution with his aerodromes attracted worldwide attention langley was the great originator of the science of aerodynamics on this side of the water langley studied from artificial birds which he had constructed and kept almost constantly before him to langley chanute herring and manley america owes much in the way of aeronautics before the wrights entered the field the wrights have given the greatest impetus to modern aviation they entered the field in nineteen hundred and immediately achieved greater results than any of their predecessors they followed the idea of lilienthal to a certain extent they made gliders in which the aviator had a horizontal position and they used twice as great a lifting surface as that hitherto employed the flights of their first motor machine was made december seventeenth nineteen o three at kitty hawk north carolina in nineteen o four with a new machine they resumed experiments at their home near dayton ohio in september of that year they succeeded in changing the course from one dead against the wind to a curved path where cross currents must be encountered and made many circular flights during nineteen o six they rested for a while from practical flight perfecting plans for the future in the beginning of september nineteen o eight orville wright made an aeroplane flight of one hour and a few days later stayed up one hour and fourteen minutes wilbur wright went to france and began a series of remarkable flights taking up passengers on december thirty first of that year he startled the world by making the record flight of two hours and nineteen minutes it was on september thirteenth nineteen o six that santos dumont made the first officially recorded european aeroplane flight leaving the ground for a distance of twelve yards on november twelfth of the same year he remained in the air for twenty-one seconds and travelled a distance of two hundred and thirty yards these feats caused a great sensation at the time while the wrights were achieving fame for america henri farman was busy in england on october twenty sixth nineteen o seven he flew eight hundred and twenty yards in fifty-two and one-half seconds on july sixth nineteen o eight he remained in the air for twenty and a half minutes 
on october thirty first same year in france he flew from chalon to rheims a distance of sixteen miles in twenty minutes the year nineteen o nine witnessed mighty strides in the field of aviation thousands of flights were made many of which exceeded the most sanguine anticipations on july thirteenth blériot flew from etampes to chevilly twenty-six miles in forty-four minutes and thirty seconds and on july twenty-fifth he made the first flight across the british channel thirty-two miles in thirty-seven minutes orville wright made several sensational flights in his biplane around berlin while his brother wilbur delighted new yorkers by circling the statue of liberty and flying up the hudson from governor's island to grant's tomb and return a distance of twenty-one miles in thirty-three minutes and thirty-three seconds during the hudson fulton celebration on november twentieth louis paulhan in a biplane flew from mourmelon to chalon france and return thirty-seven miles in fifty-five minutes rising to a height of one thousand feet the dirigible airship was also much in evidence during nineteen o nine zeppelin especially performing some remarkable feats the zeppelin five subsequently renumbered number one of the rigid type four hundred and forty six feet long diameter forty two and a half feet and capacity five hundred and thirty six thousand cubic feet on march twenty nine rose to a height of three thousand two hundred and eighty and on april first started with a crew of nine passengers from Frederikshafen to munich in a thirty-five mile gale it was carried beyond munich but zeppelin succeeded in coming to anchor other zeppelin balloons made remarkable voyages during the year but the latest achievements nineteen ten of the old german aeronaut have put all previous records into the shade and electrified the whole world his new passenger airship the deutschland on june twenty second made a three hundred mile trip from Frederikshafen to dusseldorf in nine hours carrying twenty passengers this was at the rate of thirty three point thirty three miles per hour during one hour of the journey a speed of forty three and a half miles was averaged the passengers were carried in a mahogany finished cabin and had all the comforts of a pullman car but most significant fact of all the trip was made on schedule and with all regularity of an express train two days later zeppelin eclipsed his own record air voyage when his vessel carried thirty-two passengers ten of whom were women in a one hundred mile trip from dusseldorf to essen dortmund and bochum and back at one time on this occasion while travelling with the wind the airship made a speed of fifty-six and a half miles it passed through a heavy shower and forced its way against a strong headwind without difficulty the passengers were all delighted with the new mode of travel which was very comfortable this last dirigible masterpiece of zeppelin may be styled the leviathan of the air it is four hundred and eighty five feet long with a total lifting power of forty four thousand pounds it has three motors which total three hundred and thirty horsepower and it drives at an average speed of about thirty-three miles an hour a regular passenger service has been established and tickets are selling at fifty dollars the present year can also boast some great aeroplane records notably by curtis and hamilton in america and farman and paulin in europe 
curtis flew from albany to new york a distance of a hundred and thirty-seven miles at an average speed of fifty-five miles an hour and hamilton flew from new york to philadelphia and returned the first night flight of a dirigible over new york city was made by charles goodale on july nineteen he flew from palisades park on the hudson and returned from a scientific toy the flying machine has been developed and perfected into a practical means of locomotion it bids fair at no distant date to revolutionize the transit of the world no other art has ever made such progress in its early stages and every day witnesses an improvement the air though invisible to the eye has mass and therefore offers resistance to all moving bodies therefore air mass and air resistance are the first principles to be taken into consideration in the construction of an aeroplane it must be built so that the air mass will sustain it and the motor and the motor must be of sufficient power to overcome the air resistance a ship ploughing through the waves presents the line of least resistance to the water and so is shaped somewhat like a fish the natural denizen of that element it is different with the aeroplane in the intangible domain it essays to overcome there must be a sufficient surface to compress a certain volume of air to sustain the weight of the machinery the surfaces in regard to size shape curvature bracing and material are all important a great deal depends upon the curve of the surfaces two machines may have the same extent of surface and develop the same rate of speed yet one may have a much greater lifting power than the other provided it has a more efficient curve to its surface many people have a fallacious idea that the surfaces of an aeroplane are planes and this doubtless arises from the word itself however the last syllable in aeroplane has nothing whatever to do with a flat surface it is derived from the greek planos wandering therefore the entire word signifies an air wanderer the surfaces are really arrow curves arched in the rear of the front edge thus allowing the supporting surface of the aeroplane in passing forward with its backward side set at an angle to the direction of its motion to act upon the air in such a way as to tend to compress it on the other side after the surfaces come the rudders in importance it is of vital consequence that the machine be balanced by the operator in the present method of balancing an airplane the idea in mind is to raise the lower side of the machine and make the higher side lower in order that it can be quickly righted when it tips to one side from a gust of wind or when making angle at a sudden turn to accomplish this two methods can be employed one changing the form of the wing two using separate surfaces one side can be made to lift more than the other by giving it a greater curve or extending the extremity in balancing by means of separate surfaces which can be turned up or down on each side of the machine the horizontal balancing rudders are so connected that they will work in an opposite direction while one is turned to lift one side the other will act to lower the other side so as to strike an even balance the motors and propellers next claim attention it is the motor that makes aviation possible 
it was owing in a very large measure to the introduction of the petrol motor that progress became rapid hitherto many had laid the blame of everything on the motor they had said give us a light and powerful engine and we will show you how to fly the first very light engine to be available was the antoinette built by leon levavasseur in france it enabled santos dumont to make his first public successful flights nearly all aeroplanes follow the same general principles of construction of course a good deal depends upon the form of aeroplane whether a monoplane or a biplane as these two forms are the chief ones as yet of heavier-than-air machines it would be well to understand them the monoplane has single large surfaces like the wings of a bird the biplane has two large surfaces braced together one over the other at the present writing a triplane has been introduced into the domain of american aviation by an english aeronaut doubtless as the science progresses many other variations will appear in the field most machines though fashioned on similar lines possess universal features for instance the right biplane is characterized by warping wingtips and seams of heavy construction while the surfaces of the herring curtis machine are slight and it looks very light and buoyant as if well suited to its element the voisin biplane is fashioned after the manner of a box kite and therefore presents vertical surfaces to the air farman's machine has no vertical surfaces but there are hinged wingtips to the outer rear edges of its surfaces for use in turning and balancing he also has a combination of wheels and skids or runners for starting and landing the position to be occupied by the operator also influences the construction some sit on top of the machine others underneath in the antoinette latham sits in a sort of cockpit on the top Blerio sits far beneath his machine. In the latest construction of Santos Dumont, the Demoiselle, the aviator sits on the top. Aeroplanes have been constructed, for the most part, in Europe, especially in France. There may be said to be only one factory in America, that of Herring Curtis, at Hammondsport, New York, as the right place at Dayton is very small and only turns out motors and experimenting machines and cannot be called a regular factory the right machines are now manufactured by a french syndicate it is said that the rights will have an american factory at work in a short time the french-made aeroplanes have given good satisfaction these machines cost from four thousand dollars to five thousand dollars and generally have three-cylinder motors developing from twenty-five to thirty-five horsepower the latest model of Blériot, known as number twelve has beaten the time record of glenn curtis's biplane with its sixty horsepower motor the farman machine or the model in which he made the world's duration record in his three hours and sixteen minute flights at rheims is one of the best as well as the cheapest of the french makes without the motor it cost but one thousand two hundred dollars it has a surface twenty-five meters square is eight meters long and seven and a half meters wide weighs one hundred and forty kilos and has a motor which develops from twenty-five to fifty horsepower the wright machines cost six thousand dollars they have four-cylinder motors of thirty horsepower are twelve and a half meters long nine meters wide and have a surface of thirty square meters they weigh four hundred kilos 
in this country they cost seventy five hundred dollars exclusive of the duty on foreign manufacture the impetus being given to aviation at the present time by the prizes offered is spurring the men birds to their best efforts it is prophesied that the aeroplane will yet attain a speed of three hundred miles an hour the quickest travel yet attained by man has been at the rate of one hundred and twenty seven miles an hour that was accomplished by marriott in a racing automobile at ormond beach in nineteen o six when he went one mile in twenty eight and one fifth seconds it is doubtful however were it possible to achieve a rate of three hundred miles an hour that any human being could resist the air pressure at such a velocity at any rate there can be no question as to the aeroplane attaining a much greater speed than at present that it will be useful there can be little doubt it is no longer a scientific toy in the hands of amateurs but a practical machine which is bound to contribute much to the progress of the world of course as a mode of transportation it is not in the same class with the dirigible but it can be made to serve many other purposes as an agent in time of war it would be more important than fort or warship the experiments of curtis made a short time ago over lake cuca at hammondsport new york prove what a mighty factor would have to be reckoned with in the martial aeroplane curtis without any practice at all hit a mimic battleship fifteen times out of twenty-two shots his experiment has convinced the military and naval authorities of this country that the aeroplane and the aerial torpedo constitute a new danger against which there is no existing protection aerial offensive and defensive strategy is now a problem which demands the attention of nations End of chapter 1